Say Something, a video podcast so you can listen and watch. It's like sports talk or news talk, but it's life talk to help us walk the road together. I'm Kay, and thanks for joining me and a few of my friends as we contemplate societal issues and ideas, searching for truth so that together we can say something encouraging to folks walking alongside. The wonderful Sarah Jackson with Church Revitalization Trust joins us from London to chat about what happens when people come together to care for others. A different kind of outbreak, one of joy and neighborly love. If you look for ways Mm -hmm. to bless others, it's not difficult to do that. And and I think, you know, what the joy is, is that it's kind of hyper-local. We all know, we've all got spheres that we can influence, and we might not feel they're very big, but nobody else can influence those spheres. So if it's the mums at school while you're waiting for, you know, to pick up your kids Mm -hmm. or um, whatever, your grocery store, the the, the cashier that you see every week, um, they're moments that you can find to just just shine a bit of love and a bit of light. And uh, it costs nothing and it's easy. Yeah. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. So everybody, this is our friend, Sarah Jackson, and she is calling in from the wonder, from across the pond, from the motherland. (laughs) (laughs) And she, yes, (laughs) she has, she is part of um, an organization called Church Revitalization Trust which is through Holy Trinity Brompton. Sarah Jackson is curator at Holy Trinity Brompton Church and CEO of Church Revitalization Trust in London. She is passionate about the role we have to play in bringing hope and change to society. Sarah and her team have spearheaded the Love Your Neighbor campaign, a UK national multi-church effort to help the most isolated and vulnerable across the country during the COVID-19 crisis. As the 2020 Christmas season approached, these now connected churches added Love Christmas, a holiday step further effort, delivering a million Love Christmas boxes to people in need across the UK. Find Sarah at crtrust.org. Towards the beginning of the pandemic, when it started, um, the church in, in London, just simply out of the, I mean, out of the abundance of your heart, it was kind of like, what can we do for people? And they started the Love Your Neighbor campaign. Sarah is the one that runs it. And we invited her to just come share a little bit about it. Because if we need anything these days at all, it's just a whole a whole lot of love yeah. and, and other centeredness because it feeds the soul of the one that's being given to as well as to the one that is giving. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a treat. And um, it's just amazing to, um, you know, I feel like we, we're all family. And yes. um, during this time of the pandemic, it feels like we've all needed a lot of love, a lot of kindness and a a lot of grace with each other mm-hmm. so it's a real treat for me to be with you and oh. um, I'm so inspired by what you're doing as well oh we just um we would we really appreciate you and would love for you just to share some of the stuff that you've learned even how it started because when you started it you just started I mean because that's the biggest thing an idea is an idea but it's nothing until you actually act on it mm-hmm. and you started it without really knowing what it was going to be that's right so I mean like you we um We were hit by this global pandemic by surprise. And in March, uh, London and the UK went into lockdown. Mm -hmm. And Tom and I, my husband and I, uh, we run one of the the campuses at Holy Trinity Brompton Church. And we were just looking out at our congregation and thinking, goodness, we couldn't buy 
food in the supermarket and we were thinking how are the isolated elderly going to do that who's going to get them their medicines um from the pharmacies um you know who's going to look after them and check in on them if they live by themselves and so really it was just a spontaneous response um our vicar nikki gumble said to tom and, my, and me um just can you head up the covid response for um for, for our congregation so just that's a small a small thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know uh, he's not known for small vision and um and really so so we just thought well what should we do um really the number one thing practically we thought well we could phone get everybody phoning everybody so mm. we immediately set up at like a phone a friend system to make sure that everybody that we knew mm. was going to have a regular phone call just to check in how you're doing what do you need do you need your dog walks do you need food do you need medicine what could it be but we also realized that people are going to need food delivered so um, in over a weekend uh, people were incredibly generous they gave money and they said listen we want to put this towards getting food in so we put in a massive order of food. And um, I remember the Thursday morning it arrived and it came in a big lorry and we've never done anything like this before. And um, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, what if it's not needed? What are we left with all this food and what a waste? And, and literally within two hours of all this food arriving in one, we put it in one of our halls in the church to start distributing. We got this phone call from a, a kind of local um, estate. I think you'd call them projects, you mm -hmm. know, areas of sort of deprivation mm -hmm. and, and need. And, and they phoned us saying, our food bank has had to close because of COVID. A lot of the volunteers caught COVID and they'd had to close. And there were 80 families who were depending on these food parcels for um, being able to feed their families that, that week. Could we help? And we were like, yes, of course we can. <laughs> oh my gosh. Van ran. And, and we're able to start um, getting that feedback up and, and, and running again. So really that's how it started and it just, it snowballed. Uh, we never intended it to go national um, yeah. or international. Yeah. Um, we've got a church in California running it. Um, but it was the idea of um, love love your neighbour. You know, do we know our neighbour? Yeah. Um, what can we do during this pandemic? We can show love. We can mm -hmm. show small acts of kindness that don't cost us anything but actually make people know that they're valued they're seen they're not invisible during this time and the church is here we love them and we want to support mm. them so that's what's happened we started just at our little local area suddenly across London we had uh, 20 other sites say can we be depots for food and volunteers to deliver medicines we phoned every pharmacy across London and said can we supply volunteers every day to help you distribute medication to people's doors? Because, and they were like, yes, of course, we love that. So we had people on bicycles, people walking, people using their vans and taxis, and um, just to start really meeting the people who were mostly in need and who, were, yeah. who couldn't actually leave their homes. Gosh. Um, yeah, and then from there, we got calls around the UK, from Scotland, from Northern Ireland saying, we want to be part of this. Um, you know, we've got people who have been who can't work at the moment because of the pandemic, but want to volunteer. And so, through amazing generosity, we were able to get some match funding, and we were able to support 52 national hubs where food that would go into landfill or incineration—good food—but for whatever reason, um, we could get it, the logistics redirected to these centres, and then 
churches across the nation work together to start distributing and it's not just about the food i think what we found it's it's about giving people dignity it's mm. about the conversation yes. on the doorstep yeah it's, it's about connecting in communities and and um i think we've seen a move of the spirit oh, like yeah. no other what i love so much is how you started and i think how how often in the in the church world or even just in businesses how we assume what the need is and then we build these big programs and i love that it started with that phone tree and just saying we're going to find out you know these individual needs and that is so powerful because i think one of the biggest you know tragedies of all this is the emotional toll that it's taking on people but even just to get a phone call to say i hear i'm so sorry how are you and I can't imagine the feeling of all those members going, they're calling me and they're calling me again. And so, I mean, you just, you just rattled off some really creative stuff that was, I mean, a lot of cool things that I feel like I've seen churches do one or two, but you're just, like you said, the snowballing is really incredible, but I loved how it began. Well, you know, the amazing thing we've begun to see is that um, there are more churches than pubs in the UK, which is saying something. Yeah. And what that means is that church is the only infrastructure in our nation that can reach everybody in need. The government can't do it. They don't have an infrastructure to deliver, but also they don't have the personal relationships. Whereas we as churches, we know our neighbors, we know who's in need. We, we know who's sheltering because they're elderly. We know which families are vulnerable and could do with some support and, and therefore we can be mobilized and that's what's been astonishing. I mean, our, our, our media has said the church has done nothing during COVID-19, but that's so far from the truth. Mm. At grassroots, the church has mobilized from day one and has worked tirelessly up and down our country to serve people. And as you say, they've been so creative. You know, they've done all sorts of things to, to help people from, you know, doing kind of odd jobs, mending people's furniture, um, to helping refugee families, um, helping people who are just coming out of prison during this time, uh, those who are homeless. You know, it, it, it's a it's a real moment to be you know to, to really be inspired by the church. Whereas in our nation, everyone thinks the church is in decline and is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um, I love that you said that you it brought dignity to people mm -hmm. because I I have found that that's exactly what kindness does. It brings dignity to to everyone involved. And I've noticed too because we we have been we've been watching you guys from afar because I I just am so encouraged by it and I find it so fascinating in two capacities you know primarily and one of them is the way that you empower people to use their purpose and gifting because mm -hmm. you even have you've even gone in and helped people because I was thinking even about Christmas and how people don't really have the money or the funds to be able to buy gifts and uh, not wanting anyone to feel bad or have that be some something that is a smite on their worth mm -hmm. or their identity and you have people that have that great gifting of organization and finance to be able to walk along people alongside people that are struggling financially and the unity of the church so mm. if you could just opine on those two things I, I, I'd love to hear yeah, it yeah yeah well it's it's um we you know building on love your neighbor it's all about relationships it's all about um community and and just doing those small acts of kindness and I think we felt well this Christmas is going to be pretty bleak for a lot of people mm -hmm. they've a lot of people have lost their jobs they don't have money to buy presents for their kids uh, people have lost their homes um it's been a tough tough year and yeah. we just thought 
how can we bless people? How can we say to people, we want to give you a bit of hope at Christmas? Mm. And therefore we thought, okay, well, what about if we mobilize every church to um, deliver a million boxes of hope across our nation? And they can be, they don't have to be boxes, they're bags of blessing in some places, uh, their clothes, um, their um, help with refugee families, you know, there's all sorts of provisions that we're giving. Um, for those with the homeless, we're giving socks and warm gloves because it's really cold at the moment. But the idea was, let's just, just give a Christmas present and say, we love you and you are loved and you're important. And this year may have been the worst year of your life, but the church is here for you and we're here for you and and you're loved and and what we've been so surprised about is how every denomination mm -hmm. every christian denomination in our nation has got on board with this Gosh, from the orthodox to the catholic the pentecostals the baptists the anglicans everybody at the salvation army who've been doing this for years um you know providing you particularly um toys for children who wouldn't mm -hmm. have any christmas presents and that's so it's so been so moving and so unifying that churches in cities where they've never really worked together are, are suddenly unifying and saying come on let's do this together let's join together yeah and uh, the second thing that's come to surprise this is how corporates and businesses have mm -hmm. got alongside us um not necessarily from a christian background but they wanted to be involved and they wanted to say we've got a part to play so instead of having a christmas tree and all our decorations in our office this year we're going to donate towards love christmas and then we've had the government come on board and give us match funding and um and then we've had the media say this is this is extraordinary what's going on we want to tell this story so mm. um from small beginnings we're not doing it for media coverage yeah. or we're doing it because we want people to to know there is hope and to know there is love yeah. um but it has been amazing how people want to get involved and um they want to play a part yeah as you were saying that i was thinking as people will look back and say this is probably the worst year that many people have ever experienced, you're seeing the best of people um, come forward and the best of the church. And it's like, you want to just cheer, like, this is what we could do. Like, this is what we've always been, you know, and it's been happening, but I'm sure it's so rewarding for you to see people step up as the giver and, and whole, you know, and as a, as a nation. I mean, that's just so exciting and makes me feel hopeful for the church and hopeful for people that they get to be a part of it. And yes. So yeah, amazing. I mean, I think you're so right, Courtney. It's what the church has always done. You know, we're reminded that in those early pandemics mm -hmm. and plagues, the yes. early church were the ones they ran towards it. Yes. And um, we've been uh, championed by Nikki Gumbel, our vicar, all throughout this. It's the time to advance and not to retreat. Mm -hmm. It's the time for the church to really be on the forefront of loving people, serving, giving. And that's what we've seen. And you know, people, it really is true. People don't care what you say until they know how much you care. Mm. And it, it's seeing oh, so extraordinary good. people. And we've had people who like are in their 90s isolating and yet they volunteered to be able mm. to phone other people who are shielded. So, yeah. you know, everybody's had something or they've, they've um, you know, offered, um, you know, their time to come in and pack boxes or to deliver them. Um, they've offered just extraordinary ways um, to get involved. And, and I, I think, I think it is, I think it's been a, a sort of two sides of the coin. On the one side, the levels of need have been heartbreaking. Mm. 
really, really heartbreaking. Mm. And and I'm not suggesting that COVID has caused them, but definitely COVID has exposed them mm. in our nation. And therefore, it's a wake up call to the church as to, you know, did we know this need before? Mm. This has forced us yeah. to really look at our communities and say, okay, is it the foster families? Is it, you know, who 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 is really struggling that we can help? We've partnered with local schools and head teachers to say, are you worried about any families? Can we help? Mm. Uh, we've you know, we've offered after school tutoring online uh, for kids who maybe that's haven't so got, cool. you know, know, it's it's a difficult time for them, you know, and that, and that's what the church can bring. Yeah, oh, I love it. I have so many questions. I'm sorry. I can't stop. Uh, one question I have for you. So if you, if someone listening is a part of a church or organization and they're not finding that synergy or the walls come down, because I think you can, people can get caught up in, well, we have these differences for either from, um, you know, religion to religion to denomination to denomination. So what have you learned about just the power of what you're experiencing that y'all are able to come together on a common goal and a common project and maybe forget all those things that divide us. Yeah, well, first of all, it's so much more fun. <laughs> it's so much more exciting working together than, than working apart. And I think the things that bind us together are so much more yeah. powerful than the challenges we face. And love is a universal language and people are people. You know, when you, it boils down to it, we're all vulnerable, we're all flawed. Um, we all have needs of some of somewhere. We all want to be loved mm -hmm. and seen and, and known. And and I think um, it, it's just so it, it's enriching when there's a diversity in the church. You know, the church is called to be diverse. We're not called to be in our silos. Um, you know, if you if you look even in Revelation, the church, the future, it's so diverse, and that's what's the beauty of it. And um, so it's been an amazing opportunity to work with the diversity of churches because they bring something different mm, that's good. and uh, reach different people as well. And and we need each other. And it's the body, isn't it? You yeah. Often it's, um, yeah. it's the invisible organs that are the most important. <laughs> that's so true. It's so true. And, and even like for people, just I love what you said about um, just calling out and asking even your school, your local school, if there are families in need because as people in the U.S. that are watching this or hearing this might go, well, we don't have love your neighbor set up. Love your neighbor can happen on your block. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't have to, it, it can be put into motion just like you started it, just with the simple coming together and the asking the question, who's in need? Mm -hmm. So even as you, that, that feeling of like, we're going to do this and that is that, you know, I don't, it's so hard to start something. Yeah. <laughs> I think because probably fears, fears of rejection or all kinds of stuff. What would you say to encourage someone to just do it, just to reach out? I mean, I think, I think it's literally that. I think it doesn't need to be an organized um, charity or a, a kind of structure. It, it, we as, you know, everybody has opportunities every day to show an act of kindness, whether it's yeah. you smile at someone, whether it's you offer to do your shopping for your neighbor or mm -hmm. look after their um, animal or their cats or their, or their children, if they're a single mom, you know, that there are, if you look for ways mm -hmm. to bless others, it's not difficult to do that. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think, you know, the, what the joy is, is that it's kind of hyper-local. We all know, we've all got spheres that we can influence and we might not feel they're very big, but nobody else can influence those spheres. So if it's the mums at school while you're waiting for, you know, to pick up your kids mm -hmm. or um, 
whatever, your grocery store, the, the, the cashier that you see every week, um, they're moments that you can find to just just shine a bit of love and a bit of light. And it's yeah. uh, it costs nothing and it's easy. Yeah, we have a Facebook page in our neighborhood and we maybe have, we have a smaller neighborhood, maybe less than a hundred houses, but I was noticing when there was a couple of us that were trying to get on and help people in the early days when it was just so scary and we were saying, how do we, how do we function? But I noticed if you just said, does anybody need help? People don't really respond. But if you say, Hey, we're going to the grocery store. And if you're not able to the grocery store, can I get something for you? Or, you know, we, so offering the specific sometimes gives people the courage mm -hmm. to say like, okay, yeah, I actually could use that. And I've been really challenged because we don't know as many of our neighbors as I would hope to. I think, I don't know if it's like that in the UK, but for here, we stay in our silos and we go in and put the garage down and we're not out. And I'm like, this has given us a real chance to kind of know people's names and know what their situation, but I'm challenged by you to do even more of it. Well, no, that I think, I think our societies are so divided and yes. you know, we're the same in London, you know, it's very insular. you hardly know your neighbor and you certainly don't talk to somebody a couple of houses down, you know, yeah. um, you know, we're a big city and, um, and I think this is this has been a real opportunity to 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 not have the blinkers on, but to say, okay, God, where have you put me? Mm. What is who who do I whose life do I touch every day? And and now that we've got you know Zoom and we've got all sort of technology, our phones, we can we can touch many more people. Mm -hmm. They don't have to geographically just be in our area. But but I think um, I think it's a bit of a wake up call as to if you're living in a certain area, if you're working in a certain place might God have put you there for a reason mm -hmm. and who is around you and who can you help and who can you can support yeah I love that yeah okay can I ask you a question that's sort of a um sort of a curveball <laughs> come on all right. all right so we we love to do this with our guests and uh we often don't tell them we're going to do this but we'd love to know what your and and i'm sure kindness is probably one of them <laughs> but what are sarah jackson's top five tips to a joy-filled life and it doesn't have to be five, it could be one or two, but I'm hoping that even thinking, what what are the secrets to a joy-filled life? Mm -hmm. Something spurs in your heart to encourage someone in this. Oh, great question, great <laughs> question. Oh, I love it. Um, well, I think of um, a joy-filled life, what robs me of joy mm. is worry. Mm. Uh, it, it, and it's always subtle. You know, but my I know where my joy goes. I'm like, okay, what what is going on? Mm, so I think yeah. I think to worry less and pray more. Mm. And it's easy to say worry less, but then the pray more is what helps you worry mm. less. It helps me worry less. And um, I guess it's one of perspective. Um, when I pray, I, I my circumstances might not change, but my perspective changes. Mm. And those things that I may be worried about suddenly become much smaller mm. and insignificant and um and therefore I, my joy can return so i would say worry less pray more um i think i would also say um one of my little mottos is to stay in my lane mm. oh that's and, so good <laughs> love that I, you know and i think for me um that means not to compare to others and not to compete with others mm -hmm. just so to know that the lane in that I've got to run in, I, I could need all my energy just to run in it. 
and not my head energy to think how somebody else is running in their lane or how badly I'm doing compared to somebody in their brilliant lane. Um, <laughs> so I, I often say to myself, Sarah, stay in your lane. Um, so, and that brings me joy. Um, I think a key thing um, is to forgive quickly. Mm. Um, that I think um, I've learned over the years, the quicker you can forgive, the quicker I can forgive, uh, the less likely any kind of resentment or bitterness builds up and I can feel free. That's when I feel so mm. free. And, you know, it's that analogy of when you don't forgive someone, it's like you cage them inside your heart. Yeah. And, you take them out and when you remember what they've done, you put them back in again. And in fact, you're the one who's not free, yeah. not them. They probably have no idea you even, you know, were hurt by that. Or, so forgive quickly, to open that cage quickly and not let bitterness build up. Mm. Uh, that's a key, key joy robber, I oh. think, in my life. Those so are great. Those so are great. Keep going. <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep if you going. have a couple more, share them. They're well, so good. I'm sure. Well, you keep going, but I was wondering what you've seen as far as the people that are maybe stepping out for the first time giving. Do you notice that secret sauce of joy comes with the giving? Like when oh, they finally, sure. and I, I think it's obvious, but I, can you expand on that a little bit of how you've seen the joy fill up in people that maybe even were bitter or sad and they, it's gotten them out of some depression even? Yeah, it's, you know, it, that thing, it is so much more blessed to give than to receive. So much. And I definitely, I've experienced that over yeah. lockdown and COVID. Yeah. And I've seen it with the thousands of volunteers, yeah. even those who are going through really tough times, really isolated. It's It's been a real mental game, mm -hmm. this one. It's been, it, it, you know, the, the, the war has been in the mind mm -hmm. for so many who've been isolated mm -hmm. um, and fearing there for their health, fearing for their families, um, fearing are they ever going to have their job again, how are yeah. they going to keep going. Um, and, and I think um, what I've seen is that those who've been able, even in the midst of that, to, to give, and that might be uh, in prayer for others, it's changed their perspective. I've heard that a lot. It might be actually saying, right, we're going to financially give, even though this is a tough time for us, we want to give something because we have a home and you know we have running water mm. and we have a job um or it might be that those who have started to deliver packages to others it has brought them so much yeah. joy we yeah. i was hearing one one lady who actually had to work throughout covid because of her job and she offered to be a volunteer and she would get her bicycle at the end of the day and she would do two hours of delivering of all the medications in her oh. area and she said it was the highlight of her day she let she got home on a complete high because yep. the conversation she'd had she knew that some of these people had not had any conversation with face to face with anybody yep. for months yep. so it is it's a joy to give yeah i think what you just said is one of my favorite parts about giving our family loves kindness and generosity and i think what's always interesting to see is god's got a bigger story at play and he almost puts these puzzle pieces together that's the giver and the person that's receiving and it's like oh i have something way bigger than this medicine but i'm this is the point where i'm connecting you to for your lives and, and that's when you go okay lord i love being a part of what you're doing in the world because it's just such a joy to watch him do that and it can only be him you know and there's moments like that where you go this was a divine appointment and only god could have orchestrated these relationships and 
And it yeah. starts with that need, that phone call, the phone tree. I'm so inspired by that, that you started there. It's really cool. Well, and God's going to get the work done. And it's a question. I mean, he's going to do it. And whether or not we participate in that doing, it's the blessing that comes in the participation. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, gosh, I just love what you're doing. We both do. And it's... Um, you know, I was thinking about your organization, the Church Revitalization Trust, and it's almost, that's like so many big words that you kind of have to think about, like, because there's more syllables than just one, <laughs> which for some of us, you know, when, when you've donated so many brain cells, there's just not very many left. Especially as Americans. Yes. America. America. Um, I think it really is the Love in Action Trust, because that's what you're doing is just actioned love mm -hmm. and wow thank you for doing it thank you for spending time with us and if you just have like even a word that you want to share on the way out we'll take it oh well you are so generous it's been a real delight to spend time with you both and to to chat and i, I think um you know at this time of the pandemic um we all need to know that we are seen and we're valued and particularly as we come up to Christmas it's a time not just for um, the gifts in terms of physical provision but we want people to know that Jesus is alive mm. and that he is our real source of joy he is our real source of hope and that we're never alone because he is with us mm. and um, so I suppose my parting words would be wishing you a really happy Christmas as we come up to it and that uh, you may know God's love um, limitless as it is um, in 2021. Oh, thank you. So, so beautiful. Good. So good. Okay, so as you guys go out today, what a beautiful word, so many beautiful words that Sarah shared with us. And we just hope that in this, you will be encouraged and just go out today. Say something kind to somebody. If you can, do something kind, but just even a kind nod or, or it goes a long way. So anyway, have a great day until next time. Our very special thanks to Sarah Jackson. What an amazing thing they're doing through simple acts of kindness, such a lavish outpouring of love and the unity of bringing churches together. Connect with Sarah at crtrust.org. And it's always fun to have Courtney DeFeo along for the ride. Check out CourtneyDeFeo.com for her light em up amazing ways to love neighbors at Christmas or any day of the year. And a very special thanks to you. Want to stay connected? Visit SaySomethingShow.com and sign up to our mailing list or check us out on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, listen on Apple Podcasts, or check out our channel on Truly Media. See you next time on Say Something.